You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me Joe Thrashenkill You're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet of Hell Radio Show Joined today by the good and golden boy, the internet sweetheart You know him, you love him He's 365 days of horror, as I like to call him, Jordan Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Joe? I'm good, man. Uh, aside from this extreme heat, uh, you know, it's got me out here chugging Mountain Dew and snowboarding down a, a river of lava or whatever. It fucking sucks. That actually sounds kind of fun. <laughs> I assure you it is not that fun. We're in like day 900 of uh, 110 plus degrees. It's uh, truly, truly horrible here. I mean, we actually had a tornado here for like the first time in 30 years just a couple of days ago. That's so sick. And then like I saw people on the West Coast who are preparing for a tropical storm. And it's like, huh, uh, things are really uh, getting kind of out of control here, aren't they? I mean, the good news is we'll all be dead by the time it gets really bad, so whatever. Enjoy the toboggan ride while it lasts. That's true. Uh, thankfully, we have this show to keep us cool, am I right? Am I right? <coughs> uh, you know, last uh, the last two weeks, we uh, we really put the screws to our listeners, and I had a great time with that. Did you? Yeah, it was a blast. I love being able to show people things that are bad. Honestly, it's my favorite thing. Uh other times we try to do shows that are not that, and it feels wrong to me. Uh, it's forced. We're yeah. forcing it to be like, okay, let us do good things. Ugh, fine. Sucks. Uh, but we have to, you know, you you can't lean on the gas pedal all the time. You gotta you gotta come up for air sometimes. So this show, we are not going to be torturing you with things that we found that are truly awful to listen to. Uh, we're gonna be doing something else instead. What 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 exactly are we gonna be doing? We're going to be torturing you with cover songs we actually like. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe this is the thing, like, we like these things, but you're like, ah, it's torture, ah, in which case I'm sorry that we're doing three in a row that way. <laughs> in which case we're going to put you, uh, we're going to stack you in a pyramid naked and point at your genitals. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it seemed only natural and right uh, after, you know, delving through the worst, uh, that covers have to offer, we, we talked about some of our favorites, uh, because, you know, we forget sometimes often that we actually do, uh, like, uh, aggressive music sometimes for the most Rarely. part. Yeah. We don't happens. really for the most part, but sometimes we like it. Uh, so we, we're going to do one of those rare episodes where like, exposing you to something we enjoy. It's too intimate, really. I feel like I'm just flashing my genitals at everybody here. Well, everyone start to point at Joe. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start with this one, man? Uh, so we can start, how about we start with something that you like? Because as we were putting this together, I noticed that like a lot of your choices were cool bands that are lesser known or in covering in some cases completely unknown bands and mine it's just like yes everyone knows this band covering the song that everybody knows <laughs> i guess i don't know that's uh that's kind of our nature i guess uh, i i i just gotta be uh, uh what is the word for it more, uh, more uh underground than everybody else or whatever real it's not it's i don't intend to be that way i'm just by nature kind of a, a little weirdo you're just standing there in your gross discharge shirt and your cut-off black jeans, and I have my hair in a messy bun, and I'm sipping on a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> uh, for this, actually, I, I'd like to start with what I think is my favorite cover in the history of songs, uh, if that's okay. Um, there's a band that I've talked about occasionally on this show called Despise You, a power violence group out of L.A., put out a groundbreaking record in the 90s called West Side Horizons, probably the pinnacle of power violence, in my humble opinion, uh, and then didn't really do anything for many, many, many years. Uh, eventually, uh, they got back together to make one more release. Uh, they put together a split with Agoraphobic Nosebleed that if you... Uh, highly I highly recommend you track it down. It's fucking, it's fucking great. Uh, but it contains on it... Uh, a song called Fear Song, uh, which is the song I Don't Care About You by Fear, 
the you know uh, groundbreaking uh, punk band that was uh, the first to be banned by SNL. If you remember those days, I do. It's you can find the video of that online. It's on YouTube. You can watch them do uh, New York's All Right if you like saxophones <laughs> and Beef Baloney, and you could just watch a bunch of punks invade Saturday Night Live and stage dive and knock the microphones over, and it's just total utter chaos. So there you go. That's why they got banned for life. And Fear is still sort of touring. They're opening for Misfits every yeah, now and I, then. I and saw them uh, on Halloween open up for the Misfits. Uh, Lee Ving might be 10,000 years old, but he's still doing it. <laughs> I think he's legitimately in his 70s. He he looks older, it, to be clear. like He has not treated his body very well. <laughs> he lived a long and hard life. It's true. Uh, but he also, uh, aside from you know uh, uh, SNL, he uh, had a, several prominent acting roles, including playing Mr. Body in the absolutely delightful Clue movie from the 80s. You ever mm -hmm. seen that one? Yeah, it's a classic. I, had it, I was watching on Tubi just the other day again. Uh, also uh, prominently featured in The Decline of Western Civilization Part 1, uh, leaving a scene, really giving it to the audience. Uh, it's, it's a pretty delightful thing there. Um, yeah, people can listen to our episode about that where we talk about it in depth. Yeah. Um, so the thing about uh, Fear, you know, hardcore punk from the various early days of hardcore punk, which, you know, compared to now is not not super hardcore. It's, it doesn't sound super hard. Uh, also, uh, kind of problematic in a lot of ways to that band specifically. <laughs> well, then they tried to rectify it when they like redid their classic album and took certain words out and people like, this sucks. I hate this. <laughs> Can't please everybody, I guess, man. Um, but this song, like the bones there of I don't care about you, it's a good ass song. Like mm -hmm. it's it's that is the uh, quintessence of what uh, this nihilistic strain of punk is all about. I don't care about you, comma fuck you. <laughs> like you can't <laughs> you can't get any better than that. Um, so despise you took this song that's already kind of a bop, and they just turned up the distortion to ten million. Changed the lyrics uh, to be, rather than things about Philadelphia, uh, to being specifically about uh, their area of uh, South L.A., and changed some lyrics to make it even more evil and nihilistic. Lines about watching 10,000 lawyers die. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very, very good, very dark, very evil. The one time I got to see Despise You, they kicked into the first quarter of this, and I have never moshed so hard in my life, Jordan. I'm, I'm not a big mosher, but this one, I was like going wild. I was so sweaty, so so satisfied by the end of it. And I want to share that with y'all. Uh, here's Fierce Song by Despise You. I feel like uh, I went off too long on that. I was I was, t I was too effusive in my praise on this one. I feel weird. 
No, you were psyched about it, and it's a when the moment hits, you know it's right. Except this isn't like a, a condom commercial; it's listening to a power violence band. Um, it is interesting, and this happens a lot in music. I think it happens more towards uh, the extreme side of metal, hardcore, punk, whatever, where bands put out like a record or a split, and it's super influential. And they have zero success out of it. None. But people will always listen to it, reference the band, wear their shirts. But they were just a, a bunch of kids who caught a moment in time and like finished up, couldn't stand each other, went on about their lives. But they've influenced uh, sometimes an entire generation of other musicians. I feel like half of the bands that uh, put their reissues through tank crimes fit that bill exactly. <laughs> like Despise You, Dystopia, like all of these guys never really made a dime on their money, but now like three generations of punks are like, this is the greatest band of all time. <laughs> and then you just have to hope for a possible reunion tour or like they play a furnace fest or something like yeah. that. And maybe they can put aside their like 30 years of hatred of each other to <laughs> actually do something new. That's what you hope for anyway. Um, so I feel like, you know, we got, we started off with something super grimy, super, super dark. How are you going to follow that up, Jordan? Follow it up with something bright and fun and cheery. All right. Yeah, that sounds good to me. How about typo negative covering Neil Young's Cinnamon Girl? Ooh. Now this is a good dichotomy with, again, this is why you need to listen to every single episode of Toilet Radio in a row. Straight line. <laughs> you have to listen to all of them so you know what's going on. Last week, we had talked about a very bad Neil Young cover, the courtesy of Inter Arma. Now let's talk about a very good one uh, featuring Typo Negative. Tell us a little bit about the Cinnamon Girl. So as far as like Neil Young goes and music from the 60s and early 70s, more of the like folk movement, uh, a lot of emphasis on like poetry, country, bluegrass stylings. Uh, as far as Cinnamon Girl goes, it's probably one of Neil Young's, at least at that time, not later on, uh, more pop, radio-friendly almost yeah, type of song. Yeah. And uh, I was actually reading about this song uh, last night, just trying to see if I could find anything more about it. And uh, he's never actually revealed who Cinnamon Girl is. Ooh. Um, he was married when he wrote this song. And it's implied that it is not about his wife. Well, his marriage did implode shortly after this. So maybe that had something mm -hmm. to do with it. <laughs> uh, some people have uh, guessed it was a, another folk artist from around that time, uh, which sounds possible because there's clues in the song. But he's never actually revealed about it. But with um, kind of how we talked about last week with Inter Arma's cover of it, where it's just a lot of noise and it's just heavier and fuzzed out. What Typo Negative does is they lean into like 60s, almost psychedelic pop music. And um, Resident to Armor just kind of made it their own and took away a lot of meaning. I think Typo Negative leaned into it and kept it as a pop song, uh, even though it's like very clearly Typo Negative. It's not their like drudgery or drab mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's very much in line with like My Girlfriend's Girlfriend with the uh, organy synth and you know, pretty clear vocals, pretty clear everything. And it is uh, a fun tribute, I guess you could say. They didn't They didn't make it weird. No, they, they weren't trying to like be arch or bitchy about it either. It was like, this is a song we like, let's do, let's do good by it. <laughs> yeah, they, they have fun with it and they're like, you know, a lot of typo negative songs have like the underlying like goth sexiness to it mm -hmm. or whatever you want to attribute to it. That isn't this song. It is, you know, poppier, but still the same song. And it's just kind of a fun listen to. Well, let's listen to a little Cinnamon Girl here and speculate wildly upon who the real Cinnamon Girl was.
podcast called uh, cocaine and rhinestones that uh, chronicled um uh, it followed one country musician who was making on the beach with neil young and just the the process that they described here where the entire time they're eating um just incredibly potent uh weed and uh getting more and more paranoid with each other it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like an awful time man <laughs> it's what makes that record so good it was a different time yes for sure uh, all right, well, moving on here a little bit. Uh, there's uh, another cover, I guess. We get to, oh yeah, this is the cover show. So, uh, man, uh, what what are your some some of your favorites that just you know uh, just in general? Uh, let's see. I do like Fear Factory's Cars. I do too. I think that I like the Fear Factory version better than the original, just because I mean. If you're going to have synths, like, you want your synths to be super, super strong, right? And throughout their version, it's very synth-heavy. The song isn't very different from what Gary Newman does. Maybe a little bit more distortion, but it's not, like, a heavy song. They're not throwing in double bass. <laughs> it is you know, pretty true to what the original is, to the point where, like, Gary Newman actually did vocals on the song and was in their music video for it rules so hard i think that in some way or another that influenced gary newman to like be the goth persona he's been for the last 20 years now <laughs> in that video have you ever seen the video for it i don't think i have uh it's cheesy and cool in the best way because like fear factory they're all wearing leather jackets and sunglasses even dino i think he has his hair in braids hell yeah um gary newman's in it and he's got like the uh, the hard eyeliner on and it's like cheap 90s special effects it's a fun time to watch it and it fits in well with the song and i don't know it's as far as like even if you don't like fear factory i think you could at least maybe if you don't like the cover you could at least appreciate it i think so i i that's one that i i really enjoy anyway uh <clears throat> metallica has a bunch of covers we talked last week about maybe some unsuccessful cover attempts from them uh anything involving half the band is probably not going to be good <laughs> but yeah you need the whole package to make things work and, and even, you know a, st a studio yeah and even then sometimes it's not going to be so great uh i really really do not like turn the page <laughs> 
I remember that used to be on TRL all the time, that video. Do you remember? I think it was uh, Hetfield said it, like, that's our song now. Like, yep. you fucking asshole. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so, Tim. Uh, but they had some uh, some good ones, though. Like, uh, I prefer the, uh, the Metallica version of Die, Die, My Darling to the Misfits version. It's uh, a good cover version. Yeah. This may be a little more um, controversial, but I I like Whiskey in the Jar by Metallica better than Whiskey in the Jar by Then Lizzy. I realize that's going to maybe be a spicy take for some folks. I don't think it is. I I mean, first of all, it's not a Thin Lizzy song. That's true. That's an original, like, Irish kind of thingamajigger. It's a traditional Irish song that's been covered many, many times with many people. Like Jerry Garcia and David Grisman have covered it. Thin Lizzy, Metallica. Um, as far as their cover of Die, Die, My Darling goes, I think they have the benefit of it being a more modern sound with a better studio. Like, you know, Misfits are classic, but it is cheap punk recording in yeah. comparison. Uh, Metallica's version's a little bit tighter. Everything's a little bit cleaner and louder. <laughs> the one thing about their cover version that always makes me laugh is there's the line, don't cry to me, oh baby. Mm-hmm. And the way James Hetfield sings it, uh, he doesn't say me. He says, like, mayo. So every time he says, don't cry to mayo, baby, it sounds like he says, don't cry tomato, baby. And that's all I can think about when I hear his version. Like, he's singing to a, a juicy, ripe tomato. Take it easy, tomato, baby. Actually, that, that's a good point, though. Like, all the 80s punk shit that I love, it sounds like shit. It's so thin. And uh, I feel like I love covers of that stuff just to... If nothing else, just beef it up a little bit, man. You can hear whatever the intricacies may be in the instruments. Just sounding better, especially on modern technology, headphones, whatever you're listening to. Part of the charm of listening to those punk things is that it sounds kind of crummy. It sounds like you're in your friend's basement listening to a warped cassette for the first time and it's blowing your mind. But you do get the improvements by hearing some of these covers. Yeah. Um, if you, if you don't like cardboard drums, then, you know, <laughs> we can fix that a little bit, I guess. Um, there's, there's one song that we played on this show. I, I, I apologize for the Toilet of Hell completionists, uh, who have actually listened to every episode of this show. Uh, seven years ago on this show, I played a song, uh, that I'm sure everybody remembers. Everybody has a great memory about all of this. Uh, it's one of my favorite, uh, cover tracks, uh, from a band called uh, Nomads, which I don't think exists anymore. Uh, do, do you remember talking about this band? It sounds familiar. Uh, again, seven years ago is a lot to ask for anyone, but it does sound familiar. Uh, yeah, basically a hardcore punk band uh, from, I think, L.A. again. Uh, so they do the same kind of black and white stencil shit as every other band. It's the same, essentially. Uh, but they put out uh, this record that did not get much attention, uh, but included among it was a Sisters of Mercy cover. You familiar with the Sisters of Mercy? I am familiar with the Sisters of Mercy. Uh, my first introduction to them wasn't their music. I had a friend of mine in school who played the drums and like was one of these people who like liked music but didn't really have any sort of identity with it. Or like mm-hmm. I never associated him with, oh – he likes punk. He likes alt rock. Whatever. It was just he likes random things. And one of them was Sisters of Mercy. And I just uh, you know became almost a meme among us, just occasionally saying some people get by or <laughs> referencing Doctor Avalanche and yeah. things. Uh, I mean that's that's a very funny band to be into if you just don't yeah like because it's so. So very explicitly goth. <laughs> yeah, it's like he liked corn, but also liked reggae. Like, it made no sense. That makes known. Okay. <laughs> Weird. Um, well, I mean, Lucretia, My Reflection is the song here. Uh, the original, it's good. I, I like the original a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's missing something for me that nomads really pick up here. And that rather than kind of having... Uh, a mid-paced tune where the bass is just consistent there, like you've got a line that doesn't seem to move a whole lot. This has some like violence, and it's got some danger behind it. It's got some more immediacy. Uh, it's it's uh, 
sexier, in my opinion, that it's willing to explode into violence a little bit, whereas the uh, the original only hints at it. Um, so I, I don't really know how to describe it in a better way. I just like that it's... Uh, it's willing to uh, go into the red a little bit, if that's. Uh, yeah, I, I think the original. I mean, yeah. it's a got song, got mm-hmm. pop song, whatever you want to call it, and like midway towards the end, it does get a little bit heavier or groovier, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. It kicks in, whereas with this version, it kind of starts hard and keeps going hard. You still have that bass line going through it, but there's like a sense of urgency in this song, whereas the Sisters of Mercy version is just kind of the smoke a cigarette and dance in the corner (laughs) sort of vibe to it. This has always been the thing uh, that's been a hamper to me uh, trying to make music is uh, you say you come up with a line uh, like the bass line, the original, and it's like, oh, that's cool. I need to play it faster and faster and faster. I have no sense of chill. And so this song appeals to me explicitly. (laughs) It was made for you. Yes. So let's listen to Nomad's cover of Lucretia, My Reflection.
what uh, what what do you got for us? What do you what do you think we should talk about, Jordan? Uh, another song that I like, actually really like this cover song, is System of a Down covering Metro from Berlin. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember? I guess first hearing uh, the original Metro. See, I don't think I heard the original Metro first. I think I heard this cover version first. I think I had heard several different covers of Metro before I heard the original at like a goth night in my early 20s or like an 80s night in my early 20s at some club. Uh, the original, it's good, but you got a lot of good covers to choose from, too. <laughs> I think the original is very peppy mm-hmm. and like very 80s. But like lyrically and the flow of the song fits in very well with either goth music or darker sort of things where you do kind of change the meaning of the song, but in a cool way. Um, I first heard the cover version of this song on the Dracula 2000 soundtrack. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> of all places. Um, a, a movie that also features a monster magnet uh, music video in the movie. And Dracula is like watching it on TV outside of a Virgin Records and is like, hell yeah. Do you know what other movie uh, this System of Down cover was in? Um, American Pie, Euro Trip. Uh, close. Not another teen movie. Ah. One of my favorites. <laughs> A classic that can never be replicated today. Uh, For many reasons. (laughs) And uh, the funny thing about the song, the other funny thing for me personally, is um, I was working in Chicago at the time, working on a presidential campaign. You can figure out who. (laughs) And uh, it was Bush. It was was, uh, Bush's (laughs) re-election. So what I what I was doing is when you work on campaigns, you work almost 24 seven, like truly. Um, and on the weekends as well. And I was kind of like the late shift on a weekend. So I'd get out midnight, one o'clock, something like that. But the like one allowance I would give myself occasionally to just have some sort of normalcy is, um, the buses wouldn't run as much, uh, on Saturday nights. So I'd have to get like dropped off and walk a mile to get to where I was going. And um, I would tend to walk along a more populated area just so I wasn't walking through a city by myself where it was dark and shady. Mm-hmm. And I found like a 24-hour diner. And that was kind of like my Saturday night, just kind of unwind and eat something halfway decent deal. And one time where I was just at this diner eating by myself, uh, I hear the faint music in the background and I know all the words to it, but I don't know the song. And it was the original version of Metro. Huh. <laughs> That's... <laughs> what is this? Uh, I'm missing Serge Tokian. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you can barely hear it, one of those things in a restaurant. But I'm singing along and tapping to <clears throat> it. And I'm just like, why do I know this song? I don't know this song, but I know this song. And then I start to hear more of the lines. But, oh, okay. It's kind of like a weird disassociation for a minute. <laughs> but as far as the cover version goes, it's... Uh, faster, it's a, l- a little bit more clearer even than what the original is. There's less of the sense, but it's still kind of that... Uh, sh- it's straightforward for a System of a Down song, but they do have their little weirdness in it. Um, the one thing that I really like about it is there is a line that they add in the song at the very end of it that is just how my screwed-up brain works that has always like grabbed me. There's a line where he says, fuck you for loving me. <laughs> and that's just like a punch to the gut lyric to me that's just like has stuck with me for years. Well, let's uh, let's give this a shot then. Let's listen to our Dracula 2000 uh, cover of The Metro by Berlin uh, from System of Down.
thing that we've probably almost certainly played on this show. Now that I think about it, there's no way we haven't played this on the show. Uh, we were talking about, um, fuck, what is it? Fuck. Uh, we, our, our, our last summer vacation trip to Japan. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, that was a fun episode where we asked <clears throat> people to vote on where we go on vacation. And then we played people bands from Japan. That's the country they chose. Uh, we played them songs that we love. And that was a really fun one. I think we introduced people to a lot of stuff they'd never heard of. Yeah. Uh, part of uh, part of that was we talked about the band uh, Gizem, or Jism as I prefer to uh, say. Uh, the, the guitarist of that band was one Randy Uchida, uh, who sadly died very, very young <clears throat> of, uh, of cancer. Uh, he had uh, his one... Uh, solo outing uh, where they I think they just had a, a single like one uh, seven inch record uh, called Deathly Fighter as the Randy Uchida group and uh, it was uh, maybe about six or seven years ago that Decibel through their Flexidisc series you know what that is? Yeah where you can buy the magazine and for was it like a small subscription fee? You get a little flexi single seven inch from a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, the the seven inch for that particular issue was one of my favorite groups, Integrity, uh, at the time with their lineup uh, with the fella that used to run a a three one eight a one three eight records, Dom Romeo. Uh, just who we have interviewed on this show. Yes, who is an absolute fucking wizard on the guitar, uh, playing this cover of Deathly Fighter by Randy Uchida Group, which, I mean, that's a pretty... Now that we talk about it, I guess that's a fairly obscure grab, isn't it? (laughs) That's an obscure grab from... uh, They're a well-known band, but as far as like well-known metal bands, they're on... Not obscure, but lesser-known, so it's lesser-known covering even lesser-known. Essentially. Uh, this song in particular, this is um, cock metal through the <laughs> through the lens of like uh, absolutely insane uh, underground uh, Japanese punk from the eighties. Uh, we, t- uh, we, you know, it's it's a thing that everybody knows about Integrity is that Dwid's voice is awful, <laughs> but. Uh, Randy, uh, whoever was doing vocals for Randy Uchida Group, uh, sorry, Ronnie uh, Wakamatsu, his vocals are somehow even worse. So the uh, the cover here of Deathly Fighter is actually better. <laughs> it's a little bit of that like poor recording, 
plus like poor performance mm-hmm. is improved by you know, a band that's maybe a little bit tighter and has a little bit better budget or recording ability. And again, uh, Randy Uchida's guitar on this song is great, but Dom, again, through the, the wonder of modern performance recording technology, like really makes these guitar lines fucking whip ass. So uh, if you're if you like guitars, this uh, this one should be for you. Uh, this is Integrity with Deathly Fighter by the Randy Uchida Group. What, what else you got? Uh, There's another cover that I really like. It is 36 Crazy Fists covering Far's Mother Mary. I So you showed me this this week, and I was not at all familiar with this song, the original uh, Mother mm. Mary by uh, by Far. Where, where did this come from? Do you know who Jonah from One Line Drawing is? 
No. <laughs> Who's that? One Line Drawing is like the quintessential emo band for the early 2000s. Like drew the ire of hardcore and punk bands. Like he was the guy that people didn't like. Um, big name drop emo band is uh, along with like Dashboard Confessional. Um, oh. But uh, Far was like more of like an alt rock band throughout the 90s. And they're like most distinctive sound is the vocalist jonah he had a like very timid approach to singing that was unique to them and as far as this song goes there's actually a video of it and you can watch it on youtube it's like okay mostly because his vocal styling is just strange compared to like everything else that's out there like he's very soft-spoken which works in well for like doing acoustic emo stuff but not so much for this sort of thing and what 36 Crazy Fist did is made it a little more prominent, a little bit faster, a little bit like tighter that I think works in well with their sound. And, uh, you know, I think if this song came out at the time instead of Far's version, it probably would have actually been a radio hit. I, I'd say so. Like uh, comparing these two, I think the thing that sticks out the most to me of the, the chorus uh, of the original version, as you were saying, it's very soft. Uh, a vocal delivery here. So I think that 36 Crazy Fists actually uh, helps out the delivery of the song much more by giving it some beef. Needs a little beef, you know? Yeah, there's more heft to their version of the song. It's tighter, it's louder. The vocals are much more confident and prominent, and I think that works much better than the original. Uh, Agreed. Uh, So... Again, I, I feel like I should have been familiar with this, but this uh, this one completely passed me by. Uh, but I will say, yeah, um, really, uh, you, you, this this encapsulates a sound and a style that like has mostly been completely gone by the wayside. So it's it's kind of a fun little uh, time capsule here. Yeah, there aren't. I mean, we talk about guitar music not being popular in the mainstream anymore, and even this sound was not very popular at the time. Yeah. So like, you're really never going to get this ever again. Uh, never again, but you can enjoy it right now. by 36 Crazy Fists is originally by Far. Uh, any other uh, any other prominent covers you think we ought to be talking about here? I do like Opeth covering Alice in Chains, their song Wood. I, um, I had never heard that cover until you showed it to me, but yeah, I agree with you. I think I actually, 
I kind of prefer that one to the original as well. It just has a like slightly more texture to it, you know? More texture to it. I think with I I probably think Wood is my favorite Alice in Chains song, or it's like right up there. Uh, there it has their like Alice in Chains aggression to it. It's a little bit more raw, whereas Opeth I think is maybe a little bit more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I think where you say textures, uh, it fits in. I think Gary Cantrell's vocals and Michael Ackerfeld's are not the same, but like complement each other or work well together. Yeah. And um, not that I go doing karaoke a lot, but usually my go-to if I do it would be Alice in Chains. And I always have to remind myself like not to reach to sound like Lane Staley. I think a lot of people, when they try to cover Alice in Chains, do that. They try to sound like him mm-hmm. and you just end up sounding strained. You and don't want to do the uh, the West Scantlin. Uh, uh, yeah, Nirvana you cover. don't want to make this strained, constipated, you know, pointing your neck out and trying to hit <laughs> notes. And in Opeth's version, they don't try to do that. Uh, Michael Ackerfeld sounds like himself. He's just singing. He is not trying to do an impression of anyone. Um, yeah, I, I think this is good. I actually, uh, was, uh, I was on a mad Tubi binge this week. I caught singles for the first time. You seen that one? Many years ago, probably on VHS from the video store. Yeah. Uh, I was number one, like uh, it's a bad movie. I cannot recommend. Number two, like I was not prepared that like it had performances from Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, like, uh, among many other folks in this. I was like, oh, I guess that's why people reference this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there is Chris Cornell all yeah. of a sudden. There is Lane Staley. Uh, there is, uh, uh, one of the Dylan brothers uh, pretending to be Matt uh, Dylan. Matt Dylan pretending to be a Seattle sound guy. It's very funny. Uh, that I bit, that bit in particular. All the shit with the main characters sucks. Awful shit. Terrible. Do not care about them. <laughs> I think it's part of its popularity is it's a movie of its time for young people, but it doesn't. It's not like a kids movie, so I think yeah. that's why a lot of people identify with it. You know, I was. 17 years old when the movie came out about 20 year olds so we're like similar scenes Mm -hmm. similar things interested in it's like dazed and confused where it's from a certain time period where people can identify with it and that's why they love it yeah whereas like the story itself maybe doesn't make so much a difference it's just I was there at the time. That's why this is fun. Well, that's a, that's a very much a vibes-based movie because what is the central plot there? Like, is this kid going to play baseball next season? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, but, you know, in the meantime, you got rocking and rolling and smoking drugs and uh, hazing uh, other kids with homoerotic behavior. It's a good time. <laughs> and not much has changed. Not much has changed. Um... You found um, another thing uh, this week. I, I was actually not familiar with either. Uh, Foster the People's uh, Pumped Up Kicks, which is a song I think has been ambient around me for a good 10 years now. Uh, what is this cover? Uh, so, like, I don't... I'm sure I've heard this song. I know I've heard this oh, song. Oh, you have for sure heard this song because every because time... It, it's, yeah, all, it's, it's everywhere, yeah. It's played everywhere, but it's... Like you said, ambient music, so you don't really pay attention to it. Like mm-hmm. maybe you know the beat or something like that. And has Foster the People done anything since this song? No, absolutely not. They're one of those like stomp clap bands that all came out around the same time, right? I guess so. I don't know enough about this band aside to say like this song has been everywhere for over a decade now. And I hate the band name. Yeah, it's an awful name. Uh, but this song is about school shooting. Yeah, which is one of those things like uh, I, I guess I've been told a number of times, uh, but, you know, you listen to it. It's like, oh, the other kid with a pump job mm-hmm. kick. It's like, OK, well, this is lighter than a feather music. If it's a I guess that's dark or whatever, but like I, it's not connecting with me in any way. It's like dark content through a like rainbow prism lens. Yeah. So any sort of like real meaning that you wanted to get out of the song it just doesn't come through <laughs> it's almost like third eye blind yeah uh, where people don't know it's about being addicted to math everyone just goes do 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 this is the fun summer jam i will give that idiot some credit from third eye blind though he has an actual line in the song that says doing crystal meth will lift you up until you break <laughs> <laughs> but no one caught on that because the sound didn't match it yeah it's like uh this may be 
too much of a reference for some people, but there was a time, I believe in the early 90s, where there was Talking Barbie, and some of the lines that Barbie would say would come from, I think maybe it was a G.I. Joe doll. (laughs) So it's kind of like that. It's, you know, the the pretty looking thing, but with dark lyrics, but it doesn't quite connect because it's not representation of what you're actually saying. Let's go shopping. Firebomb that village. (laughs) Let's go to the mall. (laughs) So this cover version uh, is by the industrial band Three Teeth, who I believe are still on Century Media. And they actually make the song dark sounding like the lyrics fit in very well what they're what they're doing with this song yeah the uh the cover art too it's like you know uh there's like guns and stuff so it's like okay well this is uh clearly we're gonna we're not gonna tiptoe around uh this uh this content we're gonna delve right into it i think i appreciate this more uh i don't really care for uh the original so this is more up my alley i would say yeah it's it has that grit to it it's uh his vocal stylings uh alexis has uh kind of like a malevolence to it Mm because it's slower and more deliberate and has that industrial scrapings and pounding in the background. I think it's a really good version. Uh, Let's listen to a little bit of it right here. Are you familiar with rudimentary peni? Uh, I'm only aware of advanced peni. Ah, gotcha. Uh, I'm more I'm more into the early peni. <laughs> You're a peni originalist. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, rudimentary peni is is such a weird uh, weird band. They didn't really seem to make much of an impact at the time, uh, and then it's just their legacy has carried on for like forever. Uh, like anarcho-punks uh, from like 1982, maybe 83, uh, put out a couple of things, disappeared. And then for the last 40 years, uh, punk and metal bands have been covering them over and over and over again. Uh, like you have Celtic Frost uh, doing covers of, uh, of rudimentary P&I songs. Uh Shit, you got I think Neurosis doing covers of them. Like there is a lot of of rudimentary peni covers, and the thing that they all have in common is that they sound a million times better than the originals. <laughs> it's much like the first song you played, where they're highly influential but never uh, amounted to anything, and the covers sound better. Yes, uh, so I would say. Uh, it's it's there is the discography of rudimentary peni is not that deep. I would recommend uh, listening to Death Church. That's a cool record, um, and then checking out a bunch of covers uh, from bands uh, that are not rudimentary peni covering rudimentary peni. <laughs> um, and it's like yeah, you you got Celtic Frost. You also have one of my favorite bands, Mammoth Grinder, uh, who did uh, on the uh, Cosmic Crypt EP. Uh, a cover of, uh, shit, what was it now? Uh, Psycho Squat, which is a song about um, leaving home because your parents are annoying and getting fleas in a squat instead. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like a new yoga pose. <laughs> um, and that song is 30 seconds long, so, you know, you can, it's pretty easy to check out some of these things. Uh, you know, you, you got plenty to choose from. Um. And again, like uh, one of those bands that's uh, just really influential, and then for some reason never, never got, uh, never got any kind of success on their own. I also like In Flames covering Treat, World of Promises. I don't think I know that one, man. It's uh, I think it was on their Clay Man, one of their releases. I don't know if it was a bonus song. It's still like the good In Flames. And, uh, like, I don't know Treat at all. And this is just the type of in-flame sound that you know from the era, but there's, like, a really good catchy riff throughout it that uh, makes it a fun listen. Let's give it a little listen here. Yeah, I, I, 
All right. That's not bad at all. Uh, what do you think? We are probably well over time by now. Uh, is there anything you want to close this with? Uh, I did, while going through this, remember that Century and Media did something that's actually very cool in comparison to like them never using Bandcamp and being <laughs> difficult with their PR stuff. Uh, they did a covering 20 years of Extremes, various like compilation album, where they had their artists cover other artists that were on their roster which i think is a very cool idea and more labels should do it yes i was not familiar uh with this and then i was going through this uh this track listing like wow this is this is actually pretty wild like it's an actual fun thing that a label and bands did and they like put it out and i don't know it's just kind of a thing that happened back in 2008 apparently i cannot believe it's been that long But just running through the track listing, you have Arch Enemy covering Dream Evil, Dark Tranquility covering Sentence, Heaven Shall Burn covering Tiamat, Shadows Fall covering Only Living Witness, uh, Brand New Sin doing Iced Earth, <laughs> Wolf, Moonspell, Mercenary covering Arch Enemy, God Forbid covering Marauder, Warbringer covering Unleashed, Grave doing Asphyx. I always have to say it as Asphyx. I can't <laughs> help myself. Asphyx. Architects covering Stampin' Ground, Napalm Death covering Despair, Crisian covering Demolition Hammer, Cryptopsy covering Strapping Young Lad, Maroon covering Samael, a weird combination, Watch Them Die covering Bloodbath, Firewind covering Nevermore, Dream Evil returning the favor and covering Arch Enemy, Fear My Thoughts covering Heaven Shall Burn, The Agonist covering Dark Tranquility, Forsaken covering Grave, Devian, who I'm not familiar with, covering Morgoth, uh, Heaven Shall Burn covering Marauder, Aborted covering Turmoil, Terror covering Sub-Zero, Napalm Death covering Hellhammer, Asphyx, Asphyx covering Celtic Frost, Zimmer's Hole covering Old Man Child, Fu Manchu covering Penance, Mantis, if anyone wants to go back and listen to our Battle for Ozfest cover, that's <laughs> what they ended up becoming. Incredible. Mantis covering Heaven's Alive by Lacuna Coil. Uh, good luck to me trying to pronounce this. Kivimetsun Druidy covering The Gathering and Intronaut covering I Hate God. That is a cool thing. More labels should do that. More bands should do that. Absolutely. There were a few of these that I was really intrigued by. I had to go listen to. Uh, for example, uh, God Forbid doing uh, Master Killer uh, by Marauder. Uh, which Maybe that one doesn't work so well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, looking at the comments on YouTube, everyone's like, wow, you shouldn't have done this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to preface, or I guess after is <laughs> say that not all these songs are good. Yeah. But, but I like the idea. Exactly. It's worth a shot for sure. Uh, when we're done with this, I am definitely going to try listening to the uh, Cryptopsy Strapping Young Loud cover. That's an interesting one. I think that's that could go either way. For sure. For sure. Because you got to remember at this time, Cryptopsy didn't sound like how we know they sound. They put out that one album where they like, included a keyboardist and almost sounded metalcore oh that's fuck that's true i forgot about that <laughs> yeah that's one of those forgotten to history things like everyone always wants to bring up cherry orchards for celtic frost they need to bring up that era of cryptopsy especially because they had a new album coming out oh that's true uh well, never forget your history kids exactly never forget i think that's probably a good place to close this here what do you think yeah, I think people can let us know some of the covers that they like. They can leave it in the comment section. They could mention it on Discord. You could also like and all that sort of stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Blue Sky, and Twitter at Joe Thrash and Kill at 365 Days of Horror. You can send us an email at toiletofhell at gmail.com, toiletofhellradio at gmail.com, and sign up for the Patreon where – this month, we're going to continue our label ball with Season of Mist Record. Give us money, give us money, give us money. Cha-ching. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. You're listening to 66.6 FM, Radio, Radio. TOVH, The Flush.